Welcome to the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church. We hope our broadcast will bless you. Psalm 116, starting in verse 1, and we'll be reading through 13. And it reads, I love the Lord because he heard my voice and my pleas for mercy, because he inclined his ear to me. Therefore, I will call on him as long as I live. The snares of death encompassed me. The pangs of Sheol laid hold on me. I suffered distress and anguish. Then I called on the name of the Lord. O Lord, I pray, deliver my soul. Gracious is the Lord and righteous. Our God is merciful. The Lord preserves the simple. When I was brought low, he saved me. Return, O my soul, to your rest, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. For you have delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. I believe even when I spoke, I am greatly afflicted. I said in my alarm, all mankind are liars. What shall I render to the Lord for all his benefits to me? I will lift up the cup of salvation and I will call on the name of the Lord. Happy Sabbath, everyone. So glad to be with you today. I really feel welcome here today. Everyone has been so friendly. Your smiling faces encouraged me, helped get rid of any butterflies I was having. But God is good, isn't he? Uh, This psalm, in my book, it says, Thanksgiving for deliverance from death. That's Psalms 116. And we didn't look at the whole psalms. But um, it's a good psalms. I want you to turn in your Bibles to Genesis 1 as we get started here. In beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was formless and void, uh, a waste and emptiness, and darkness was over the face of the deep or the surface of the deep and the spirit of God was moving or hovering over the face of the waters or the surface of the waters and then we have the word that is the title for our sermon today then in spite of the wasteland and the void and the darkness and the deep then God said Let there be light, and there was light. Ten other times in uh, Genesis, between Genesis 1-3 and Genesis 2-3, this phrase is said, then God said. And it changes everything. Creation is a then, is a then. Let's bow our heads. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for this opportunity to come before your throne of grace. You know those poor mouths that tries to speak your praise. Lord, we pray that, you would, that we would hear your voice today. 
Bless us to that end in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Then God said, let there be light, and there was light. Oh, my. Then God said, let there be an expanse in the midst of the waters. Then God said, let the waters below the heavens be gathered into one place. Then God said, let the earth sprout forth vegetation. Then God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate day from the night. My word. Then God said, let the waters teem with swarms of living creatures. Then God said, let us, let the earth bring forth living creatures after their kind. Then God said, let us make man in our own image. Then God said, behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed. Then God said, then God said, then the adverb, it means at times, at that time, or soon afterward, or next in time, or next in order, or in that case, therefore, accordingly, or it may be used with conjunctive force, besides, moreover, instead, at that time, at another time, or at other times, and use as a correlative with now, because then denotes now. This is what happened. Then God said, let there be light. And I want to just highlight that. That's passive voice. Let there be light. If I said it, I would have said, I command the light to come forth. But God just said, let there be light. Wasn't, wasn't, wasn't no heavy lifting for God. He spoke and it was, he commanded and it stood fast. As an adjective, it's of that time. Being such a true at that time. As a noun, it's just that time. By then, but then, then again. Then and there, or at once. What then, what should happen in that case? And so we see there are many shades of meaning in the word then. He was young. When? Then. He took his hat and then he left. First comes of Alpha, then Beta. If it rains today, there will be no picnic. Then there will be no picnic. He likes to walk, then it's good exercise. Now it is warm. But a little while then, but but then it may be freezing. Stay in Michigan. The then director by the then, they were gone. But on the other hand, but then, but at the same time, on either either hand, and then again. For our study today, we will mostly be using the adverbial, the adverbial sense of the word then. Our God created time when He created matter. And through him, all things consist. Then, at that time, God's interpolation into our lives changes everything, doesn't it? Does not God change everything? But the Spirit of the Lord who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you. He who raised Christ Jesus 
from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies. Someone say amen. That's right. Through or because of his spirit who dwells in you. Romans 8, 11. This might be a little early to quote such a powerful text. But I want to establish why David was such an enthusiastic worshiper of Yahweh. Why he was bubbling over from the inside with praise. David organized choirs. David started praise and worship. Most of the Psalms are praises and worships in pure devotion to God, in God's sanctuary. And one of my favorite Psalms, I want to exclaim, hallelujah, Psalms 116. Someone say hallelujah. hallelujah. Amen. Glory to God. God, the Almighty, El Shaddai. So we're back to the Greek equivalent of, of then, tot, or tote. It's a demonstrative adverb at that time used of concurrent events. 2 Peter 3, 6, the world that then was, the world that then was. Matthew uses it more than the rest in the New Testament. Uh, the Greek is eita, denotes sequence. After that, then. Epieta, thereafter, afterward. The Hebrew is more extravagant. The word is A-W-Z, as, but we might say ah, because when God moves, we are in awe. The fact that God can speak and inhabit all space and time, we are in awe. Same meaning at that time or place, beginning for, from hitherto, now, of old, once, since at that time, yet, then, then, then. I'm not an eloquent man. I'm not an eloquent man. I have been clumsy in my construction. But tune in with me. God is leading us somewhere. And he's speaking to us today. Then, I love the Lord. I love the Lord. Opening salvo, David is not bragging. No ego here. He's not stunting or calling attention to himself. He's not like Peter after Jesus said he would die for our sins. Peter said, no, Lord, be it far from you. Lord, why can't I now go with you? How come I can't follow you right now? I will lay down my life for you. This is Peter talking. John 13, 37. In Luke 22, 33, Peter said to the Lord, Lord, with you, I'm ready to go both to prison and to death. This is Peter. David, when he wrote this song, was more mature. He was more humble. He had gone through some personal uh, failures. So he knew and accepted his weaknesses. No bragging now. He had been through the Bathsheba incident and realized he had passed the death sentence on himself when Nathan proclaimed, Thou art the man. Oh yeah, oh yeah, it's easy. It's easy to pass judgment on others. But thou art the man, a woman today. When Jesus confronted Peter after the resurrection and, inter and interrogated him with three questions, or one question three times, do you love me? Do you agape me? This is what Jesus asked. Do you love me perfectly? 
Do you love me unconditionally? Peter never answered that question properly. Never did. Peter finally said, Lord, you know all things. You know that I phileo you. I love you. Peter answered, I phileo you. I love you with reciprocal love, with brotherly love. I love you like I love my family. We don't have the capacity to love unconditionally. It is beyond us. The only way is Christ in us, the hope of glory. For now we see in a mirror dimly, one translation says as in a riddle, but then face to face, now I know in part, but then I shall know fully, just as I also have been fully known. 1 Corinthians 13, 12. But now by his faith, hope, love. These three. But the greatest of these is love. 2 Corinthians 3, 18. But we all with unveiled face beholding as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And I insert parenthetically, God is love. His glory is his character. When we're looking in the mirror, we're looking at God's character. If we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as from the Lord, the Spirit, so when, then, so when, then, when David says, I love the Lord, he's not bragging. He knows what he's capable of, but he's looking in the mirror and reflecting the glory of God. The love of God constrains us. I repeat, the love of God constrains us. It is God's love reflected back to him through us. And so David begins Psalms 116.1, I love the Lord. And of course, I have tender affection for God. But my experience has taught me that without God, I am helpless to generate the love that is God. Then David begins to unravel the onion to peel the onion, to get to the layers of the onion, because he hears my voice, my supplication, my earnest prayer, my entreaty from the Hebrew word takauna. Sounds like a Native American word, takauna. I don't think you get the full import of the fact that the governor of the universe hears our voice. He heard David. He hears you. He hears me. David says he hears my voice, my supplication, my earnest prayer. Now, I guess, I guess that doesn't mean much to you. That may not impress you, but it sure impresses me. It impresses God, who upholds this world in his hand. He controls worlds. But they say there are 200 billion galaxies each having 100 billion stars, 200 billion trillion stars. And yet, we, they're all under his control, his purview. All things came into being by him, and apart from him, nothing came into being. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness did not comprehend it or overpower it. For by him and in him, all things were created. For in him we live and move and have our being. We exist. We are here. 
All things in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, where the thrones or dominions are rulers or authorities. All things have been created by him and through him and for him. Colossians 1.16 But the whole passage is noteworthy. Verses 13 through 17. Verse 17 says, He is before all things. He existed prior to. And in him all things hold together, consist or endure. This person, Yahweh, hears my voice. Oh, I love that. Not impressed yet. Well, let me testify. I am impressed because I've spoken a profane word and God has fine-tuned and calibrated it so that amidst the cacophony of not only the 8 billion on the planet Earth, he also superintended of trillions of worlds. Hebrews 1-2. He not only hears me, my earnest prayer, and in spite of my flaws and sins and profane speech, I love the Lord because he has inclined his ear to me. Not going to get into the signs of how he does it, but he does it. That's all that matters. And this is the message that we have heard from him and announced to you. I'm announcing it today that God is light. And in fact, he dwells in light that is unapproachable. In unapproachable light, 1 Timothy 6, 16. In him is no darkness at all, 1 John 1, 5. The omnipresent God has all the time that I have to be with me. I hope you're getting that and not missing it. He, in spite of all that he has to manage and handle, in spite of all of the worlds and then all the people and all the Beings in this universe and all of the people on planet Earth, God has time to spend and concentrate on me and with me. I can see him leaning over the balconies of heaven in glory, in beautiful land, as they say in my culture, because he inclines his ear to me. The God of the universe listens to me and he's listening to you. Because he cares this much about us, about me, and about you. And so I agree with David. Therefore, I shall call upon him as long as I live. Our first appeal today, since Yahweh has inclined his ear unto us, unto you, he hears your voice, your earnest prayers, that he is focused on you 24-7, Say with me, I shall call upon the Lord as long as I live. That's our first call today, our first appeal. That's my first option. Take it to the Lord as long as I live. So help me God to do it. For real, y'all. The next verse, the next verse says why I should call upon him as long as I live. Verse 3. The cords of death encompass me, and the terrors of Sheol, the grave. And in this worldview that David lived in, the netherworld, the underworld. I came unto, I came, it came unto me, the pains of hell. 
it came upon me the pains of hell. That means they found me. The pains of hell got hold upon me. I found distress and sorrow and trouble. My life has been challenging from the from the uh, from as far back as I can remember. In Langston Hughes' favorite favorite poem, "Mother to Son," well, son, I tell you, life for me ain't been no crystal stair. It had tacks in it and splinters, boards torn up, and places with no carpet on the floor. Bare. But all the time, eyes have been a climbing on and reaching in landings and turning in corners and sometimes going in the dark where there ain't been no light. So, boy, don't you turn back. Don't you sit down on the steps because you find it kind of hard. Don't you fall now. For eyes are still going, honey. Eyes are still climbing, and life for me ain't been no crystal stair. Look at David's descriptive, descriptive words in verse 3. Verse 3 of Psalms 116. The cords of death encompass me. That sounds bad, doesn't it? That sounds bad. And the pains of hell got hold upon me. And the terrors of Sheol came upon me, found me. That sounds real bad, doesn't it? Sounds bad. And then he adds, I found distress and sorrow, trouble, trouble, all caps, italicized, underlined, a zillion exclamation points, trouble. In the poem, Mother to Son, we have a mother's attempt to encourage and prepare her son for the crucibles of life. But what do you do when you don't have a mother? Think about what your mother means to you and how important she was, especially when you were a young child. All of her nurture and love and care and sacrifice. What it meant to you and how you cherish mama's hand. Every child wants their mother. I'm not going to spend time with this, but life is difficult. Life is difficult. My mother abandoned me when I was five years of age. And my father was a very violent and abusive man to myself and my brothers, beating us with a fan belt. The text says the pains of hell got a hold on me, of me. I know what that feels like, strangled to unconsciousness. It's one thing when you get a hold of the things in this text. It means you have a measure of control. You can take a vacation. You can take a break. You can go to the spa. But when, when you are holding the pain and sorrow, then you can let the trouble go sometimes. You can find respite and relief. But when it gets a hold of you, there's nothing you can do to feel better. The pain interrupts your sleep. It, it's, it snatches away your peace. It puts you to bed. The pains keep you awake at night. And it gets you up in the morning. Somebody here knows what I'm talking about. I'm talking about death has a hole, has held you in its clutches, in its icy grip. This psalm is a thanksgiving for deliverance from death. 
but you have to be there to know the deliverance. In January, not in January, but anyway, in 1994, I was diagnosed with acute pancreatitis. And it turned into chronic pancreatitis. The most serious was the liver disease I developed. I went from nearly 200 pounds to less than 150 pounds. And then my lowest weight was about 140. From the spring of 1994 to 2008, I had chronic depression, pancreatitis, which is very painful, I might add. Uh, anybody who's had it realizes it feels like a spear being stabbed through you and coming out of your back. It's serious. I had five rounds, I had five liver biopsies, and then five rounds of treatment with chemotherapy. Had chronic depression. Several times the course of death encompassed me. The terrors of hell got a hold of me. In 14 years, I was in distress and sorrow. But this past year, I could barely walk or stand from November 2021 until May 2022. That's last year. So a year ago, Sheol came upon me. Some of you are going through trouble now. I went through it. You know, we went through a season of COVID-19. And if we open up the floor for testimony, I'm sure everybody has a story to tell. The death of loved ones, death, terrors, hell, trouble, sorrow. The text says hell, trouble, sorrow. It certainly hasn't been easy. If we open up the floor for testimony, many of you will share your history. We've all been through a series of unfortunate events. Many had dreams that either had to be deferred or at this point never happened. And after all, Pain, after all, pain isn't merely physical. It isn't just disease. Sometimes it's loss of opportunities, unfulfilled dreams. Just thinking about what could, what I could have been or what I could have had. Lost careers, lost love. Dreams are important, you know. But they can be fragile things. Some people commit suicide when they lose a sense of meaning or purpose or worth. And others, after tragic loss, some decide there's no rhyme or reason, and they give in to the nihilism. What happens to a dream deferred? In another, in another Langston Hughes poem entitled Harlem, what happens to a dream deferred? Does it dry up like a raisin in the sun, a fester like a saw? and then run? Does it stink like rotten meat or crust over like sugar? Like a syrupy sweet? Maybe it just sags like a heavy load or does it explode? My church friends, I care about you and during this, this summer vacation period, this summer season, I want to remind you that while we're going to the beach, that among the joy and praise and family and food, this is also a season of depression for some and suicide. 
David says, I was surrounded. The cords of death encompassed me. The pains of hell got a hold of me. Terrors came upon me. I found trouble and sorrow. And then our sermon title in the next text. Then, 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 then. We can do this, church. We may do this. David is right. He says, when it looks like he is defeated, when it seems like all is lost, David says, then. Then I called upon the name of the Lord. I don't have time to unpack the name of the Lord, but his name describes his attributes. His attributes. His name is holy. His name is who he is. I am that I am. Somebody hears me today. When did I call upon the name of the Lord? Then. Then. And that made all the difference in the world. 1994 to 2008 is 14 years. It seemed like things would never be different for me. Living in abject agony. Didn't want to live but afraid to die. But then happened. I don't have liver disease now. I'll pancreatitis. And in 2023, that's 14 years without those diseases. The same amount of time I was in it, I've been relatively good. I've been out of it. For six or seven months uh, last year, in excruciating pain, could barely walk. And then, now I'm 100% better. Just went on a bike ride this week. Couple times last week, I'm doing much better. David says, then I called upon the name of the Lord. Call him, friends. Don't get tired of calling upon him. It may take 14 years, but call on him anyway. Look at the text. Oh, Lord, I beseech you. I beseech him. I beseech thee. That word beseech comes from the Hebrew Anna. It's spelled like the name Anna, A-N-N-A. It means it is emphatic, oh, now I pray. Oh, Lord, I beseech thee, save my life, save my soul. Like Peter, when he begins to, to sink in the Sea of Galilee while he's walking on the water, he shouts, Lord, save me. That's an effective prayer, church. Oh, Lord, I beseech thee, save my life. Then, 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 then. Then David explains, David explains why this short prayer is effective. And because we believe we are living in earth's final hours while simultaneously being his finest hours. Someone say amen. The final hours are going to be the finest hours. We need to know this prayer is full of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Oh, I can expect the Lord to save my life because verse 5 says, gracious is the Lord. He's full of grace. Grace is the power of God in my situation. Grace is the union of the human to the divine. So every time we look at Jesus, we're looking at walking and talking grace. My Lord. Jesus. We're, looking, we're talking miracles, changed lives. More time. Power to live right. From the Hebrew, Shannon. 
It means to bend or to stoop in kindness to an inferior. Kanun. Kanun. It means to bend. This is grace now. It means to bend or stoop to an inferior. To favor, to grant, to be merciful. Did not our Lord stoop to be with us? Emmanuel, God with us. What is the incarnation if not God stooping? Did not God bend, condescend, dying to be with us? My Lord, David continues as if that isn't enough. And he is righteous. That is why our prayers are answered. Yes, our God is compassionate. Now this part of the passage applies specifically to me. The Lord preserves the simple. I was brought low and he saved me more times than I can count. Look the devil in the eye and live to tell the story. I've counted at least 10 times and there have been more that God saved me from certain death. I mean certain death. He saved me. You know, there's a text about Jesus without father and mother. I could say that. Without father or mother, I was out on my own from 17 to now. 50 years of dealing with everything by myself on my own. What a good God we have. My God. Look where I'm standing now. And he's not through with me yet. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. Heaven is cheap enough. Therefore, we do not lose heart. But though our outer man is decaying, yet our inner man is being renewed day by day. Somebody say amen. For this momentary, even 14 years, for this momentary is short compared to eternity. Light affliction is producing for us an eternal weight of glory. Far beyond all comparison, while we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. 2 Corinthians 4, 16-18 For God who said, light shall shine out of darkness, is the one who has shown in our hearts. The God who said, when, when, when he said, then God said, let there be light. That God said, when light was shining out of darkness, is the one who's shining in our hearts right now. To give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels, that the surpassing greatness of the power may be of God and not from ourselves. We are afflicted in every way, but not crushed, perplexed, but not despairing, persecuted, but not forsaken, struck down, but not destroyed, always caring about in the body the dying of our Lord Jesus, that the life of Jesus also may be manifested in our mortal bodies. Oh, I love this text. The life of Jesus will be manifested in our mortal bodies. 
Like when I wake up in the morning, it's Jesus with me, in me, carrying me. He's carrying you too. 2 Corinthians 4, 6 through 10. Psalms 116, verse 8. But I'm going to read verse 7 again. Return to your rest, O my soul, for the Lord has dealt bountifully with you. And verse 8, for thou hast rescued my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from stumbling. That's the triumvirate of rescue, isn't it? Soul from death, eyes from tears, feet from stumbling. We can walk like Jesus walked, y'all. Verse 9, I shall walk before the Lord in the land of the living. Verse 10, I believe when I said I am greatly afflicted. That just means that this was real. What you went to was what you went through was real. It's real pain, real heartache. What you experienced was real. And God recognized that. The theodicy addresses that. What we went through was real. I was greatly afflicted. I was greatly afflicted. This is not a figment of our imagination. We're closing now. Now at that time may be rendered then at that time. Then, then, then. Then shall Michael, the great prince, who stands God over the sons of your people, shall stand up. He shall arise, and there shall be a time of trouble and distress such as never occurred since there was a nation until that time. And at that time, your people, everyone who is found written in the book, will be rescued. Somebody say amen. amen. Everyone who is found written in the book shall be rescued. Oh, I love that. At that time, your people will be delivered. Daniel 12, 6, 12, 1, excuse me. We have received the latter rain at this time, and we are prepared for the trying hour before us. Those who are loyal to God receive the seal of the living God. Then Jesus says, he that is unjust, let him be unjust still. And he that is filthy, let him be filthy still. But he continues, and he that is righteous, let him be righteous still. And he that is holy, let him be holy still. Revelation 22, 11. Then, this then is the message which we have heard of him and declare unto you that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. 1 John 1, 5. And his voice shook the earth then. But now he has promised, saying, Yet once more I will shake not only the earth, but the heaven. Then. Then. You have been listening to the broadcast from the Midland Seventh-day Adventist Church at 2420 East Ashman in Midland, Michigan. If you are in the area, we cordially invite you to visit our church Saturday mornings. If you are a distance away, we encourage you to continue visiting our website and weekly podcast at midlandsda.org.